welcome this morning. I'm really glad that together we can gather around the Word of God today because we are in a series called Deep and Wide. And if this is one of your first times checking in, you could actually check out some of those messages on our YouTube channel. But it's a significant series in the life of Coast Community because it kind of shapes the kind of church that we want to be and that we want to see happen consistently. It's a series about having really deep faith in God and a really wide reach with the good news of Jesus in our community, in our world. I don't know if you've noticed and made reference to it at some stage that the logo for our church is a tree. And it's a tree because it captures that that simplicity of being a church that is both really deep in faith, deep roots in Jesus and a really wide reach evangelistically, which is just sharing the good news of Jesus. It's both. What I've noticed, though, in churches and Coast Communities, no exemption. There is this tendency, if we're not careful, to drift to be a church that is just about us or just an inward focus or it's just about believers. It's called mission drift. And today I want to explore an aspect of the wide part of deep and wide that says, you know what, we want to be a church that is really wide with our reach. And if I get really specific today, I want to talk about this simple principle and belief that God has always made a way for him to be in relationship with his people. Always. It's part of his character. He's always made a way. He's proven it. And even today, he makes a way for people to be in relationship with him. Totally loved, totally accepted, totally welcomed. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. God always makes a way. It's interesting, I don't know about you, but there's something in my personality that quite often I'll say, there must be a way. And it gets me into trouble sometimes because I just keep looking for a way and I'll work hard until I can find a way forward. Um, it's just in my personality. I mean, even recently, I think it's last year, we go on holidays to the Gold Coast every year. It's a great place to holiday. And my son, Sam, and his girlfriend, Esther, wanted to join us a bit later, and they were going to drive up themselves. And so they jump in their car about a week later, and, and Sam's car struggled as soon as it got about an hour and a half into the trip. This is about a 10-hour journey. And so we're on the phone with him, and we're going, there's got to be a way to get you here. And for the next probably 12 to 15 hours, we were exploring ways to get Sam and Esther to the destination of our holiday. It was interesting and we found a way and there was a way and it looked like different things, stopping for water, stopping to see mechanics, stopping at service stations, but there was a way. What's interesting as we look at scripture, we see very clearly that God has made a way and not just now, but for all time. There's probably a theme in scripture that I see that we as people have this habit of being disobedient (laughs) and it kind of shows up all the time and that gets us in trouble yet God continues by his grace to step into relationship and make a way for his people all the time to be accepted to be loved to be forgiven to be in relationship with almighty God to give you an example here's just a few major ways from scripture from this big story that we see right from the first book in the bible in genesis where we see God make a way 
It is actually part of his character. If we go right back to the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve are there and you probably know the story. I think everyone knows that story really. They, they take what they, the fruit they weren't supposed to and they hid from God. That could have been the end of the story. Yet even though they were hiding because of their disobedience, God was the one who stepped in to a conversation. He initiated relationship and he made clothes for them even to cover their shame that they were experiencing. See, God made a way. We go a bit further and you know the story probably of the the ark and the flood. And here's this disobedience and violence that was rampant. In fact, God could not cope with it. There was so much violence. Interesting we see that today. And it could have been the end completely of humankind. In fact, that was the time when God brought our age to about 120 years because we just can't do this. But even in that kind of radical disobedience and violence, God made a way for continued relationship with mankind through Noah and his family in this zoo on a boat. We look a bit further and we see God's people in slavery in Egypt. And and they're in slavery for a very long time. It could have stayed that way. But once again, because of God's character, he made a way. And he empowered Moses, who didn't really want to go, didn't think he could speak, to actually lead God's people out. And if you know the story, it's a powerful story where they get to the Red Sea. They couldn't go any further. They're being chased. And Moses raises his staff and the power of God separates the river and God's people walk through. God makes a way. Even in that story, for 40 years in the wilderness, it didn't have to be that long for for God's people. But God made a way. He led them with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire for 40 years. God led his people. He made a way. And after that period of time, they get to the promised land. And there's another river, the Jordan River. And they're going, how do we get across this? God once again miraculously made a way for his people. It says as soon as the kind of priest got put their toes in the river, it actually stopped flowing and this dry land appeared. It's interesting out of that story, God wanted his people to remember that he's a way maker, that he is a God who wants relationship with people and he will make a way. In fact, he asked them to build a memorial to take 12 stones from the middle of this dry river and actually place it on the bank on the other side in the promised land to remember that God makes a way for his people. He wants to be in relationship with you, with me, with all of humankind. He makes a way. In fact, in Joshua 4 from verse 23, it talks about this. It says, yes, God, your God dried up the Jordan's waters for you until you had crossed, just as God, your God, did at the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had all crossed. This was so that everybody on earth. Now, let's just pause there for a minute. That's you and me. That's not just in that time. So that everybody on earth would recognize how strong God's rescuing hand is and so that you would hold God in solemn reverence always. It's an important time to look back. I'm not a big fan on looking back, but I am when it's things like this, to remember that God's powerful arm makes a way for his people. 
Interesting when you look at why we're to remember, to remember how strong God is, how strong his hand is, and that we would hold God in this reverence and this high esteem. I, I think we've lost that in our, in our nation. We keep going in the story and we get to this prophet called Isaiah and, and he talks about God's going to make another way. Not only can we look back and see him making this powerful way for his people, he speaks this prophetic word about two people. One's John the Baptist and one's Jesus himself. And here's some of the prophecy in Isaiah 40 and Isaiah 43. It says, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for God. And Isaiah 43 says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? It's part of God's character. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So here's this prophetic word that points forward to a season where where Jesus was to come as God in human form into this world. Another miraculous intervention of God initiating relationship with his people to make a way. And this prophetic word to God's people is even brought forward to Matthew 3. And it talks about this. It says, this is he who was spoken about through the prophet Isaiah, a voice calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And in context from verse 1, it says, In those days John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. And his message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This prophet was speaking about John when he said, He is the voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord coming. Clear the road for him. I mean, other translations say, Make the road smooth and straight. The kingdom of God is here. In other words, there's a better way to live. Come back to God. And then in this big story of scripture, not only do we see John the Baptist with this unique mission that goes, I'm preparing the way for the Lord. I'm preparing the way for Jesus. Make the path clean, smooth, straight. The story gets to Jesus. And the Bible declares that Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And Jesus came in human form as God, fully God, fully man for you, for me to make a way once for all time to be in relationship with Father, Son and Spirit. That's amazing. God's character is he wants to and has done made a way for you to be made right with God for eternity. He's made a way. He came and he lived about 33 years He died a horrible death on the cross and had to do that to take the penalty for you and me for our sin. But he showed that three days later he conquered death. He was resurrected to life. He made a way for life, eternal life with God in relationship with him. In John 14, verse 6, it declares this truth. Jesus answered these words, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has made a way. God's always wanted to make a way and it doesn't change today. If we want to be a church that has a wide reach, we need to have a ministry that's very clear and a message that's very clear that Jesus has made a way. 
for every person. That's already in place. How do we kind of lead people there? There's no other way. It doesn't matter what people try, who they turn to. There's no other way. Now, you can look at that two ways. Either that's very unfortunate or it's the best news you've ever heard. Acts 4.12 says this, says, Salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved. Only this one, which is Jesus. There's no other way. Praise God, there's a way. You know, the big story of Scripture continues because Jesus conquered death, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven. And then as we explored last week in a series deep and wide, he sent us his Holy Spirit. God himself in spirit form poured out on believers to live within us every day of our life. That's amazing. God always makes a way to be in relationship with you and me and anybody that wants to step onto this path that he has made. I'd encourage you to check out last week's message if for some reason you missed that um, because it was a great message that talks about the importance of the Spirit's ministry as we go wide as a church. You know, God always makes a way to have relationship with his people. Always. And today is no exception. We can look back over scripture, this massive story of God desiring to be in relationship with his people, always making a way. And today, it's exactly the same. In fact, if you're listening today and you're not quite sure what you believe about Jesus, I'm, I'm really glad you're engaged in this. That's, that's fantastic. My hope is that today for you, that today is the day of salvation. In fact, I'd go further than that. My hope is that right now, right now is the day of salvation for you. Right now, this moment where something happens in your spirit, where there's this revelation that, my goodness, Jesus is God. That, that's the entry point to the family of God. That's the entry point into relationship with God. You're loved, you're forgiven, you're accepted just as you are. You don't need to do anything. You actually start at that point and God leads you from there. He's already made a way for you through Jesus. That belief is enough for you to step in. You can't do it by yourself. There's no other way. It's only through Jesus. Or maybe you're listening today and you have a faith and you may have had a faith a long time. I believe a couple of things that God today would want you to remember that God has always made a way. Like that memorial. Like how do you remember that? Like communion's a great way where we actually remember the significance of the cross and what Jesus did. It's important to remember that Jesus made a way. But then also my hope is today that you might get a fresh revelation or picture of what it means to look like to partner with Jesus as he builds his church. That you and I have a role. You and I have a very significant role as people that have experienced God's grace to actually declare that today is the day of salvation because God has made a way through Jesus. In fact, our role, I believe, as people who have experienced grace in God is to clear the path and to point to Jesus to clear anything that might be getting in the way of people understanding the simplicity of what it means to believe in Jesus, to have a revelation that Jesus is God, to clear the path and point people to Jesus. So, hey, can we remember, can we remember like that river crossing that for all time, Jesus, that God is a way maker? I want to ask you, do you have a deep 
belief about that? Is there something in you that go, Jesus has made a way, he always has. Like Matthew 7 from 13 says this, you've probably heard it before. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now again, you could, you could read that and go, that's... That's, is that good news or bad news? I'm not quite sure. I would declare absolutely it's the best news you've ever heard because there is a way. There's a way to God. There's a way for you to be made right with God. How can we see more people in our community, in our nation, in our world, understand that there's a way to Jesus, that there's a path there? How can we see more of that? There's so many in our people in our nation that are lost that don't understand this. How can we be active in partnering with Jesus to build his church? And I believe it actually is a very similar message that John the Baptist had. That he was sent to prepare the way for Jesus. What, what a privilege. What an important mission and ministry John the Baptist had. And you can check that out in the Bible, um, how he did that. But basically... He just prepared the way. He cleared the way. He spoke of Jesus who was coming to say there's a better way. Hey, turn around, turn your life around. You can be accepted by God. How do we clear the path? How do we point people to Jesus? Today, you have an invitation to be partnering with Jesus to build his church. You and I have an invitation to partner with Jesus in this ministry of reconciliation, which is making people right with God. You and I have an invitation to be even more God-focused and others-focused how we live our life. There's so many people around you right now who are desperate for this message, that there is a way to God himself. And it's through Jesus and the way's done. How do we clear the path? How do we clear that? In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 to 3, it says this. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And it continues to say something like this. In verse 3, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. So there's this beautiful concept, this beautiful reality right now that today, right now, like I said before, today is the day of salvation. Whatever day you're watching this, today is the day of salvation. For people in your world that maybe don't have a faith yet, today is the day. It could be. It just takes people to lean into God and he'll bring a revelation internally in a way that you could never do about who Jesus is. So if you've experienced the grace of God, it says, in the time of my favour, I heard you. If you've experienced the grace of God, we have a responsibility to continue to share that. But we have a responsibility to actually not put any stumbling block in anyone's way as they come to Jesus. It's interesting if you continue to read that passage in, in 2 Corinthians 6, it describes the kind of life they were living and it was pretty full on through lots of hardship, 
But at the core of that was these people who wanted to actually not put any stumbling block in the path of people finding Jesus was actually to live this real deal life, this authentic life, this real genuine, real deal faith through any circumstance that actually creates a clear path and removes obstacles. You know, many people in our nation have walked away from faith or never really understood it or understood that there, there's this, this simple message in a way that Jesus has made a way and he loves them and accepts them. He's done the work on the cross. It's a done deal. It's already happened. And there's an invitation to step into relationship. There's many people. And so what I see happening and what I like to see happening is there's this movement towards faith that can happen for people. But it can take a long time. But God's patient. He'll wait because he doesn't want anyone to perish. And the Father's continually drawing people to himself. So I like to think about faith as a movement toward a point where today is the day of salvation. And we choose in our free will to believe that Jesus is God and be adopted into God's family. But there's this movement. I don't know if you've seen this before. I've seen several great leaders talk about this concept where there can be, and not that you can really put a scale on anything like this, but it's helpful for me anyway to think about this, where there can be this kind of, this point where you choose to believe on this scale, which is, let's say, this zero point, but then there's this kind of minus space, say to minus 10, where, where we can actually be really far away from God or a point from zero into the plus part where we grow in our faith and we take baby steps and we mature and we grow. And, and not that we ever really arrive, but do you get what I mean? There's like this, there can be this movement in the faith development or even coming to faith. And as a church, like I said, I think any church potentially can have this kind of mission drift to be about more about the people on the plus side. And it looks good. There's great fellowship. There's great growth. There's maturity in people. And it's great to hang out together. All, and that's all good. But if we're not careful, we can have a tendency to almost neglect people that might be on the, the, that kind of minor side of that point of believing that Jesus is the Son of God. And it raises questions for me. It says, how can we be a church community that actually engages well with people who are in those kind of minus kind of areas, but could be moving closer to that point of believing in Jesus? How do we actually engage well, have relationship well, clear the path, remove any obstacles that are there? How do we get really good at connecting with people in our neighbourhoods, in our communities, in our schools, universities, in our workplaces, in our families, who may be people that are happy to explore Jesus, but some, sometimes Christians have got in the way and put a stumbling block into them understanding this simple kind of faith in Jesus. You know, when we look at the parable of the lost son, I'm not going to look at that a lot, but you probably know the story. This guy pretty much steals his father's inheritance and then he just goes and squanders all his money in this wild living. He's totally in that minor space, totally walked away in this story from, say, his father and the analogy with God. Yet he changed his direction. There was a point where he turned around and it caused him to actually come back and move towards his father. And I tell you what, when he was walking back to his father, there was zero obstacle. His father embraced him, accepted him and threw a party. What's interesting, this guy's brother was trying to put obstacles in the way. 
And I think we need to be very careful as people, as Christian people, not to put any obstacles, any stumbling blocks in the way of people coming back to faith or coming to faith for the first time. You know, it's interesting if we go back to the early church time, um, the Jews thought they had all this sorted and they had the only way that they were this exclusive kind of group. But then all of a sudden the Gentiles, which are just people that weren't Jews, so really um, I'm a Gentile, um, they were coming to faith. And Peter was going, look at this. God's doing a powerful work. It's not only for the Jews. It's for anybody. And that caused some dilemmas because the Jews were saying, if you want to be in the family of God, you've got to look this way. You've got to do all these things. You check it out. And they were talking about made a big deal out of circumcision. So it's a big deal for the guys. Um, But all these laws, all the commandments, which was like hundreds more than the Ten Commandments, and so they called this leadership meeting and kind of the, the, the disciples and the apostles got together and they made a call on it. And James, which is Jesus's brother, his half brother, he was the spokesman. And he actually, after this meeting, they said this, this is my judgment it's in Acts 15, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who were turning to God. Or it says, so here's my counsel. We should not burden these outsiders who are turning to God. And so they gave just these few things that would be good to observe, but that wasn't linked to their salvation. It was actually linked to actually relationship and getting along with people. You know, we've been reading this book deep and wide as a team and not that this series is based on that book, but there's some really nice alignment and it kind of captures um, the direction that our church is is going for sure. And Andy Stanley makes this quote about the early church and it says, in the beginning, the church was a gloriously messy movement with a laser focused message and a global mission. I love that because it was messy then. It was messy. It's messy now, but it's a gloriously messy movement with a laser focused message and a global mission. That's what we have in our hands right now. My hope My expectancy is that we will see more and more people in our community, more and more people in our in our nation turning to God. Even out of this kind of season, we find ourselves in with big questions that we will see more and more people connecting with Christian people for hope, for support, for direction, looking to God for some answers. You know, there's people all around us that have been damaged by life. There's people all around us that have been damaged by living a life without God in their life. It's sad and there's a need. And my hope is that we can be a place. We can be a community of people. We can, we can be people that actually clear the way and accept people and point people to Jesus. How can we clear the path well? How can we remove obstacles? Or do we expect, if we're really honest people to look or behave a particular way before we really accept them. People will pick that up, sniff that out really quickly. Here's some examples of some things I think that could be issues for us as, as we either clear the path or put obstacles in the way. What are some obstacles? You know what, I tell you what, if anyone sniffs any kind of judgmental spirit in any form, that in my opinion is a massive obstacle in the path that Jesus has already made. And that's pretty challenging when we think about it because you might not think that you're judgmental or me either. But it can be (laughs) as easy as some of our social media posts that can either draw people into Jesus or actually turn them away. 
And if we're honest to self and you're not sure, just ask a few people around you, what's the flavour of my posts? I mean, we've seen, we've seen stories that have actually done a lot of damage there um, recently in our, in our world. If we're ignorant of people's stories and don't understand their background and their heritage and what's led them to this point, or, and we just see them for who they are and, and, we, and we make a call or a judgment, that'll put an obstacle in someone's way if we don't understand. And it's hard to do that, but people can tell that. Or maybe just living this life that's really not authentic in God and it's really shallow and people will pick that up. Um, that'll, put a, that'll put an obstacle. Um, we hear that all the time and we get labelled hypocrites. And, but when we understand that we've got grace for that and it's a real deal, a different story. Um, or maybe just not acknowledging people, ignoring people. I tell you, if people know that you have a faith, and you just ignore them or don't acknowledge them, um, that'll put an obstacle in them coming to faith, I believe. Or what about if we do really expect people to look and behave a particular way, or we try and change people? You know, I can't change anybody I don't want to. That's God's job. It's not your job to change people either. You've probably noticed you can't anyway, but God will do that. If we point people to Jesus, he will, he will lead them from there and bring a transformation that's lasting and internal. Now, what are the, some of the things that does clear the path for the way that Jesus has already made. If we have this kind of ministry like John the Baptist and go, clear the path, let's remove anything. Let's see more and more people come to faith in Jesus. Here's some of the things I think clear the path really well as we, as we just live our life. One, one is forgiveness. If we are people that can genuinely offer forgiveness and say sorry and mean it, um, that's, that just clears the path beautifully and leads people to Jesus. What about just accepting people for who they are? That's genuine love. That's a Jesus kind of love. Just for who they are. They're valuable in God's eyes. Everybody is. And let's try and understand people's stories rather than making a quick judgment. That'll clear the path. Living an authentic life that's genuine, the real deal. One of the values of our church is genuineness. Just to be authentic with God and authentic with one another. That'll clear the path. We have this job to point people to Jesus, not telling people how to live or trying to control behaviour. God will actually lead people personally by his spirit once they step in. That's his job. You know what? The simple thing I've noticed in this coronavirus time, you say hello to someone with warmth, it makes the world a difference. That kind of just warmth clears the path. If you have a disposition of welcome for people in your life, it clears the path and leads people to Jesus. Lots of ways to do that. But how can we be a place, a people, that is serious about that? And go, we want to put, remove any obstacle so we see more and more people come to faith in Jesus. Um, here's another couple of quotes from this book, Deep and Why, that I think are really significant. And they'll be the last ones I share today. Um, but I think it captures something. Um, Andy Stanley's onto something here, and this is some quotes. It talks about the kind of church that we can be in this season um, of our history. And it talks about this, a place where the curious, the unconvinced, the sceptical, the used to believe and the broken, as well as the committed, informed and sold out come together around Peter's declaration that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's gloriously messy, but we can do that. 
Or what about this quote? We are privileged to be stewards of the church of our generation. God has seen fit to bless us with the responsibility to ensure that the 21st century church is a place where all kinds of people with all kinds of stuff can gather in Jesus' name and find restoration, acceptance and grace. We have a responsibility We have a stewardship in this generation to create spaces and live lives that actually prepare a path, clear it, and actually point people to Jesus so that they're made right with God. You know, it's interesting our theme this year, our focus to actually really narrow in on is to enlarge our house and spread out our home. That's about doing relationship well with people. We've seen lots of that this time and and let's keep going with that you know the values of our church if we live them out authentically like grace and growth and gratitude and genuineness and generosity if we live like that authentically we will clear the path and see people step into relationship with Jesus and understand that he's made a way for them praise God today's the day of salvation you know one of the best things I hear about people that step into Coast Community and actually step in, it's a big step sometimes, is this. When people say, I feel like I've come home. That's awesome. If we can consistently create spaces where we have this disposition of welcome, we're living these authentic lives, we're clearing the paths of pointing people to Jesus and there's invitations to connect in all kinds of ways, whether it's in our home, in our neighbourhood or in a church space, and that people can sense that there's this genuineness, there's this love, there's acceptance just for who they are, it will lead them to Jesus and there will be that profound sense of, I feel like I've come home because that's what it feels like when you're in the family of God. So to conclude, I want to ask you this. If you're connecting today and engaged in this and you're really checking out the Christian faith and, and that's a new thing for you, can I encourage you with that verse that today, that Jesus has made a way for you, yes, for you, and today, right now, is a time that you can be made completely right with God, completely loved, completely forgiven, completely accepted, right now. But it's your choice as you lean in and it's a choice to believe. To go, I, I believe Jesus, that you were God and, and that you gave, you made a way for me. That's today. That could be today. And it's a simple invitation to invite Jesus into your life. Praise God. And if that's the case for you, there's a party going on in heaven. That's awesome. Or maybe you're watching this and I want to challenge you if you've got a faith that this week, this week to have this acute awareness about the way you do life, and to ask yourself a very personal question. And a question that says something like this, am I clearing a path and pointing people to Jesus? Or am I putting obstacles in the way? To have an awareness of that across everything we do, everything we say, the way we behave, the way we connect, the way we relate, is quite confronting, I get that. But am I clearing a path like John the Baptist? Prepare the way for Jesus to work. For people to understand that there is a way and we can remove those obstacles. Or are we actually, maybe even without realising it, putting obstacles in the way and making it more difficult for people to turn to Jesus? Oh, can we be a church that is deep and wide 
It's a both and. And we can and we are. And, you know, the deeper we go with God, the wider reach we can have. And so let's be on that journey together to be a church that's deep and wide. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that, God, that your character is that you've always made a way for your people. You've always made a way to be in relationship with your people. And we praise you for that, God. And we thank you that today we can celebrate that there's a way to be made right with God, with you, God, and that's through Jesus. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you so much that you gave your life, that you conquered death, that you sent your spirit to live with anyone that believes, Jesus, that you're the son of God. And Lord, if that's for some people today, praise you and thank you. There's been a revelation of that and welcome to the family of God. And for those that believe, help us to be really aware of the way that we live. Help us to prepare the way for you to work powerfully. Lord, you don't need to use us, but for some reason you choose to use us to partner with you. Lord, help us to take that responsibility as people that have received your grace, just to clear the path and welcome people and accept people and point people to you. Lord, give us a supernatural ability to do that. So we pray that you'd receive all the glory for that, God, that it would be all about you, Jesus. We pray you'd receive all the glory for that in Jesus' name.